This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I just drink wine. Well, hello, cats, kittens, gents, ladies, people who refuse to, not refuse, people who don't wish to identify as anyone, gender, species, I don't know, or age, because, you know, cats, kittens, young, old, whatever. Welcome to the wine situation, where the situation is, we are in a rather terrifying global pandemic, and so hopefully we are all doing our part and staying the fuck home, which means there's a certain amount of the population that's drinking alone. That's the situation with wine. So my purpose here is to allow you not to have to drink alone. I don't care if what you're drinking is coffee or whatever. I just don't want you drinking alone. Uh, ideally wine, because that's what we're mostly going to talk about here. Um, yeah, I want to be your friend. I want to make you laugh. I want to educate you about wine. Oh. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Why am I qualified to do that? Well, I, L. Clifford, or Ellen, L. Ellen, call me either. I'll take it. Um, I, I am a certified sommelier. I uh, hopefully soon will have my diploma from the Wine and Spirit Education Trust. I write for Venice and Delectable. So I'd like to think I have like a few good things to tell you about wine, a few tidbits, a few tips, some edumacation. I also, you know, more importantly, did graduate from the Upright Citizens Brigade School of Comedy Improv, so hopefully I'm, like, hella qualified to make you laugh. OMG. Oh, that was a lot of vocal fry. I should not do that. That does not even feel good. Anyway, uh, what have I got for you? You know, on this podcast, I like to say, if it's, if it's not about me and if it's not about wine, this is a podcast all about having segments and tangents. Tangents and segments. Uh, the segments are usually about the wine and spirits. The tangents follow. Uh, you know, and also I like to keep a vaguely goth theme. I like to talk about cats and sometimes goth cats. My last cat was a black cat. He was, you know, on brand for me. Hooey. How are you guys? It's it's getting crazy with the holidays coming on. I know there's a lot of melancholy. I know I was feeling very it's just been a tough, it's been a tough couple of weeks. And I mean, I've got a lot to look forward in this coming week or so. I've got like a bunch of different really fun taste, like Zoom tastings coming up, including a sake one. Uh, I've got this bruisey kit uh, from Get Bruisey. Use my name, Ellen15, to get 15% off your order. I, I've got this home brewing project I'm about to start. I, I've got my pandemic person to, to, to hug and hold. I've got, there's, things could be worse, but still, you know, it's, I felt, it's been like a decade or so since I didn't have a Christmas with my parents, and sometimes my brother, um, but not always, but sometimes, and it's just, I miss them. So I'm trying to check in with you guys, because I want to hear how you're doing, you know, do not fail to text me, even if I know sometimes it's hard, you start message, you want to message someone, but you like, you don't have time or you just don't have the energy for a long conversation. It doesn't have to be that. Just, you know, say hi, tell me what you're drinking, say what's up. If you want a longer conversation and I have time for it, we can have that. But, you know, don't fail to text me to find me on Instagram at Ellen Clifford or at the wine situation and say, hey, that'd be cool. And Take care of yourself, moreover, because, like, 
I was, I thought I was going to be too down. I was just having one of those days. It was just like, oh, I don't have the energy. I feel sad. This isn't going to be a good podcast. So I did, did everything I could. I, A, I finished a big assignment for work so I could have that off my table. Uh, my, my home is clean. I got my steps in. I meditated. I know meditating is not for everybody, but I swear to God, it really helps me. I, I got, I got my shower. I did some stretching. Uh, while drafting this, I listened to Nine Snails because very dark, morbid, angry music makes me happy. I did everything I could, and now I feel, now I feel like I'm really excited to do this podcast with you guys. So, you know, th- those are my hot tips: are get your work done, stretch, exercise, shower, meditate. Uh, you might feel a little bit better, and moreover, like have that music you love because, got it for me, it makes a huge difference. Um, okay, that, before I see this tangenting like crazy already, guys, let's get into what our agenda for the day is. We're going to have another game of who, what, when, why, why, wine, the bones upon which the vegetarian flesh, and guys, I've been eating so much burrata cheese, it's definitely not vegan flesh, it's, it's just vegetarian flesh of this podcast, hang on, the, the clues being the bones, the flesh being my banter, I don't know. Um, make up whatever metaphor works for you. We're, so we're going to have that throughout the podcast sprinkled. Um, then we're, we're also going to have a poll. I have a poll for you. We're going to taste and explore a woman-made wine. We're going to have a hoppy, hoppy cocktail. It's not hoppy. There's no beer involved. It's a happy cocktail hour. And then I'll reveal, you know, what, what the, the game clues were about. And then then, scene, done. We will go on about our merry ways, perhaps, like, maybe a little bit intoxicated, but hopefully not too much. Um, you know, be careful, guys. Don't overdo it. Or if you do, don't overdo it too often. Moderation to moderation. Be careful. And, yeah, we'll get on about our merry, merry ways. Only six minutes in, and I've already gotten through the agenda. Should we get to our first clue in who, what, when, where, why, wine? We shall. Your who is really for them, who I'm not going to give you their names, because if I did, then you'll ex- exactly know what I'm talking about. Your, your who are four major houses that dominate the, the industry of making what your thing is, which I'll, I'll just... It, four major houses dominate this... We'll just call it beverage right now. Okay? Okay. Now for the poll. And this has to do with... If you're listening to this before Thursday the 17th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, you could still try and sign up for the Zoom happy happy hour I'm hosting. I'm hosting it, um, and I was told, like, maybe don't have a theme because people might feel intimidated, but I am going to suggest to everyone, and this is what I want to pull you about, I, I want people to bring what their guilty pleasure drink is if possible. If not, I'm just kind of curious to hear what people's guilty pleasures are, which got me thinking about mine, and it just got me thinking about how a guilty pleasure when it comes to drinks is much more complicated than just like, this is considered trash and I like it. Um, Because there's a lot of different things, you know, sometimes it's because something got a bad reputation. People think they're not supposed to like sweet wines when there's great sweet wine, or they think they're not supposed to like Chardonnay or Merlot, you know, after Sideways, people might feel guilty if they liked uh, Merlot. Or maybe it's because it feels silly, like me, one of my guilty pleasures that I refuse to feel guilty about, also because I make it really well, and it should not be a guilty pleasure, but 
maybe for some people it would be, is, is a well-made Cosmo. Love a good Cosmo. Some people would feel guilty about that because it's considered silly because it was too done on Sex and the City. Or maybe your guilty pleasure feels guilty because you don't think you should spend that much money on it. Like, I, I'll sometimes shell out for some wines and I feel a little guilty about it. Like, should I spend this much money on this drink? But damn it, it's good. And if I want to drink it on a Monday night, then so be it. This is a pandemic. Uh, I may or may not have opened a very expensive bottle of Cabernet a couple nights ago, and I do not feel guilty about it. But, you know, and, and it's, um, it's on the other end of the spectrum. Sometimes people think, like, this is such a cheap wine. I shouldn't like this. Like, I love your basic bitch-level Ravenswood. Love it. I, you know, should I feel guilty? I don't know, guys. I'm supposed to be a connoisseur. But I like that inexpensive wine. Or maybe... Maybe it's how you like your drink that makes you feel guilty. Some people feel a little sheepish that they want an ice cube in their wine. If that wine's too warm, don't feel bad about the ice cube. On the other hand, you know, if your your guilty pleasure happens to be the most expensive wine, maybe also don't have don't have your second guilty pleasure be putting to be putting ice in it. I don't know. Um, or maybe maybe you like your drink at a different temperature or in a different glass. I don't know if your guilty pleasure is like drinking out of a solo cup pour it in the solo cup i don't know or maybe maybe your guilty pleasure is where you like your drink some people love a drink in the shower um maybe you want to drink it on your in your bed i don't know maybe that's your guilty pleasure or maybe your guilty pleasure is when you like it like, uh, some people are like, oh, this is the wrong... Well, I think that's changing, but people will be like, oh, I shouldn't want rosé in the winter. Or even, oh my god, you guys, I used to... Well, it's, I would still listen to it if she hadn't stopped making it, but Aisha Tyler's podcast, Girl on Guy, where she interviewed mostly, like, actors and comedians and stuff, um, but she was talking once with... I think it was when she was talking to Chelsea Handler, who uh, is probably an, another guilty pleasure all her own for some people. Um... She was talking about how going through a divorce, she would in the morning have like just a little bit of, I think it was scotch, maybe it was just whiskey, but, um, and a cigarette, like in the morning. And just for a little while. And this was like a thing she did that somehow, I don't know, she just needed that in her life. Uh, yeah. So guilty pleasures, when I started thinking about them, I'm like, it is much more complex and interesting what compels someone to feel guilt about something. So what I'm going to do is I will be posting, you can message me what your guilty pleasure is and I'll add it to the list, but I'll also do a post on Instagram that's like, what's your guilty pleasure? Please tell me. And I can read the results in a week or two. Cool? Cool. Okay, so let's have another clue from the game of who, what, when, why, why, wine. Your who was four major houses that dominate this drink. Your what is Uni Blanc, U-G-N-I space B-L-A-N-C. That is the grape that will make up the majority of this drink. Okay. So it's time to introduce, you can hear me shifting my papers. It's very official desk of mine. It's time to introduce this wine. Now, this was sent to me, a, a very nice publicist, uh, Victoria, um, sent this to me. She was like, you got to check out Wine Society. Um, well, I, I'll read you what Wine Society says about itself. Wine Society is an award-winning Napa-based, woman-owned WBENC-certified WBE. I don't know what that means. 
Thanks, guys. Uh, company that produces premium, with the capital P, California wines in our signature bottle alternative format. Our 500 milliliter cans are two thirds of a bottle, perfect for sharing or enjoying solo. Inspired, that, that's their words, not mine, inspired by the half carafe in Europe. Oh, wow. Um, wine society is a, in quotation marks, everyday luxury option for those who appreciate great wine but want more flexibility on how and where they can enjoy it, plus the added benefit of being less expensive, more sustainable, and environmentally friendly. Um, so. That's sort of the introduction to Wine Society canned wine. Um, so let's see, other, other verbiage from the website. I got, I am Angela Allison, not me, but the person who wrote it. I'm Angela Allison, CEO and co-founder. My husband Austin and I created Wine Society to revolutionize the way consumers purchase and enjoy wine. So they, they have four sort of major tenets of like how they came to form Wine Society. First, they say, first was our Midwestern roots and personal drive. They grew up in Ohio. Uh, let's see, they had a, a first big uh, business venture there called Dot Loop. Um, then they were splitting their time between Cincinnati, um, Ohio, and San Francisco, California, the tech capital of the world, as they say on this website. And Let's see, which brings us to the second reason this started, which was their discovery and experience of Napa Valley. They say, the first weekends we spent in SF, we planned a trip to Napa Valley, not because we enjoyed wine. Remember, we came from the beer Mecca, but because it was a place you just had to see, and it took our breath away. The rolling hills of vineyards, tasting rooms ranging from modest to extravagant, and the food that will leave you dreaming about your next meal. It was everything we heard it would be, and more. When we pulled up to our first tasting room, I was a little apprehensive, but I can still remember that intimidation melting away as soon as we walked in. So, so they realized like how cool wine was. Okay, the third tenet of, of why they have this um, wine society now was our personal observations and experience experiences. As we continued to travel back and forth from Cincy to SF, our new obsession with wine in hand, we began to look for it wherever we were. Unfortunately, beer and cocktails were more prevalent in social gatherings, and purchasing a bottle in stores was still intimidating due to the hundreds of labels and blends to choose from. Seriously, how do you choose? You ask me, that's how. You text El Clifford, I'll tell you what to buy. But also just, I guess, buy their wine. Okay. Um, we also noticed that a bottle was sometimes a little too much, and the single-serve options were too small. So, yeah, <laughs> they were like, well, where's the size that's right for us? Um, the fourth tenet was the realization that there was a huge opportunity. Over breakfast one morning, we started brainstorming, as we usually do, and it happened to be around the complexity of wine. All our observations and experiences over the past few years started to mesh together, ultimately answering the question of how can we drink great wine every night without the guilt of opening a $40 bottle? <gasps> guilt again, you guys! Dudes, don't feel guilty about that $40 bottle if you've got, if, if you can afford it. I mean, also try and like, you know, allot your money, give to charity, be, be a good person with your money, but try not to feel too guilty if you want to enjoy good. Okay, sorry, that was another tangent. Okay. <clears throat> With wine, this is their words again, with wine being one of the few industries that had not had a significant pivot to appeal to modern day consumers, the timing was right. We knew the whole approach needed to be simplified from the design to purchasing to receiving and ultimately enjoying, and we knew we were the ones who could do it. With my design background, Austin's tech experience, and our combined drive, 
we decided then and there we are going to create an e-commerce uh, e wine company that simplified all. So um, they created Wine Society, which are these canned wines. And dudes, before I even tell you which one I'm going to taste today, can I just tell you, like, they have the sexiest packaging. Um, so the three cans I got came in this nice this tidy little black box that when I opened there was like there was a sprig of rosemary in a card with like a cocktail recipe that uses rosemary with one of the wines but I'm not going to do that because I'm just going to drink the wine and on each can you so then you open the, the you get rid of the extra packaging and you see there's a, like a little slot in the box for each perfectly placed can and in the black can and they're just very simple cans, each with a key symbol on them, which makes me think, I'm like, this is sexy packaging. This is a couple. There's a key on it. Are these, is this just a subtext for these wines are part of a big key party that I'm going to become a part of? Because I don't really do that, guys. Um, is, is this key party wine? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even exactly sure I know precisely what a key party is. I just had to make that joke. I'm sure it's because it's just like the key to the castle. I don't know, the wine castle. Anyway, so there's these three beautiful bottles, each with the same um, picture of a key on them and then the name. And the wine in, in, the, uh, the, wine in the, the black can, well, it's kind of more like gunmetal gun gray, um, is entitled Tempt. This is the other thing. I'm like, they have really sexy names. So Tempt uh, which I'm going to try for you today, is a Syrah blend. Well, I'll read you the tech on it more. And then there's the wine called Fate, and that's in a white can with the key on it, and it's it's a Chardonnay. And then there's Chance, which is in a light, like a millennial pinkish um, can. And then when you lift the cans out of each department, each department, each compartment, each of them has like a little pairs with message behind them. Um, so Tempt said, best pairs with high fives and friendship. Oh, <laughs> as I look around, I'm like, where are my friends? Who am I high-fiving? There, I just slapped my wall. I'll high-five myself. <laughs> Pandemic person is not here right now. That's, that's why I, I, otherwise I would call him in. Um, if he walks in the door, he, he's probably getting provisions. Um, I, I'll high-five him, but if not, I'll just... Oh, I'll save some of it to high-five him later. Okay. Um, then uh, Fate says it pairs with parties and confetti. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Chance pairs with... Go figure. Your next big order and a group of friends, which I can't help but think maybe they... Maybe they wrote that before pandemic times because we're definitely not supposed to be getting together with a big group of friends. But, uh, you know, I, I get the spirit. You know, maybe all your friends are on the Zoom happy hour that you're having with me and you're going to open up a big can of chance. Oh, no. Maybe I should open this at my happy hour instead of making a Cosmo and be like, hey, canned wine, guilty pleasure anyway. Anyway, um, let's see. Let me tell you more about Tempt, the red wine that we're going to taste today. The grapes, it says, are primarily Syrah with Petit Syrah, Petit Verdot, Merlot, and Cabernet Sauvignon, 100% from California, aged in, they say, new French oak and neutral oak with a low residual sugar, which they say equals low calories and carbs, which that's another tangent I could go on. Um, so I, so I have my whole thing with canned wine is a lot of times I've said, well, ugh, I won't drink it out of a glass because the whole point of canned wine is... 
generally that it's supposed to be like super portable and stuff, but I get the feeling their canned wine is less about portability and more about like just being the right size. So I'm going to take a sip out of the can or no, first I'm going to pour some in a Bordeaux glass because, um, well, I do have a Syrah glass, but this is most of all the other grapes in this are like, um, are Bordeaux blend grapes. So, uh, yeah. And then I will cheers you, and then I'll taste this later out of the can too. But first, I'm gonna cheers you. Then we'll have another clue, and then we'll taste. So, cheers. Smells good. Ooh, that's a fun wine. All right. Okay. All right then. Tempt me you did, tempted I am to keep drinking, um, which I will in a minute, but first we're gonna have another clue. So remember, for who would know why wine, the goth goth bones upon which the vegetarian burrata laden flesh of this podcast hang on, your who was four major houses that dominate this industry, your what was uni blanc, the variety of grape that dominates uh, this, this beverage, your when is dun, 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 dun. for the basic level of this your when is two years after the youngest spirit yes this is a spirit in the blend um was born harvested whatever uh the youngest so two years that that's that's your win i sorry i didn't know how to put that there's probably a better way to phrase this sorry uh for the level up four years is your win four years after the youngest one uh was created all right let's let's get into the game that's not a game which is what's in the glass where i go through a wine like a song oh first wait okay i'm gonna cheers you with the can too which <laughs> that was a, yeah i guess cheersing your phone with a can doesn't turn out so great but let's see how this is out of the can Definitely think it's preferable out of my Bordeaux glass. I do have, because there's Syrah on this, I do have my Riedel Syrah glasses, but I don't know. I mean, after this, maybe I'll pour some in one of those and compare how it goes with the Bordeaux glass and let you know. Um, maybe I'll do that after I do this tasting. Well, let me just, let's get on with it. So this is a fairly actually translucent ruby red going into a slightly watery rim. The legs are, no sign of gas or sediment. Um, Viscosity is medium. Uh, the legs are—they're—they're they're thick and slow. Thick, slow legs, such as mine after a long day of walking and all the sugar I've been eating. Thick and slow, like my legs. Okay, sorry, this—that's too much. Uh, let's smell it. It's medium plus intensity. I get really bright, bright like red cherry. I get like a little bit of red plum. I get like there's just like a hint of like candied pomegranate like a pomegranate juice thing going on a little bit of vanilla like a little bit of um like a little bit of uh, lilac or something or violet i don't know like a, just a hint of some florality on it uh maybe the floral hints at white pepper i don't know that i'd call the nose peppery let's taste it It is dry, although the ripeness of the fruit would almost make you think it's sweet, but I do believe it is dry. I do believe the acid is actually medium plus. 
acid is medium plus, I'm gonna say. Tannins also medium plus, but really like well integrated silky. Uh, hmm. This is very whew. <clears throat> yeah, definitely medium plus acid and alcohol. I did see the alcohol is fourteen hundred fourteen fourteen hundred percent alcohol. Fourteen percent. Which technically, uh, at least according to the Wine Spirit Education Trust, is qualifies as high. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Tannin's body is medium. It's like it's fairly light on its feet, really, for a big old sirad of a can. Um, yeah. This is this is actually surprising me. Like, maybe it's just that I'm not drinking out of the can because red's out of cans. There's something about the metallicness of a can against a red wine that, and tannins that doesn't usually jive for me, but, um, hmm. on the palette, we get a little bit of blueberry going on in addition to all that red fruit I named, like red cherries, also black cherries, getting a little bit more of the floral thing going on, like the, the violets, um, a little more juicy, 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 like almost, um, stewed, but not that juicy plum. Like this fruit is all super ripe, but it's not quite raisinated. It's not quite baked. It's definitely not grilled. Um, not, nothing meaty on this Syrah, but I also there's a lot of other stuff in here. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like a little, like a hint of like earth to it, like a dried clay kind of like thing going on there. Yeah, I still, ooh, just so much more blueberry, boysenberry, what I imagine. And then like maybe a hint of black currant. I like so many fruits, guys. I mean, it's it's a very fruity wine. In a way that I don't mind. Uh, you still get a little vanilla. I'm guessing that's from the oak. Um, all in all, it's quite well balanced. The finish is medium, medium plus, but it doesn't really evolve. Um, well, color me surprised. I honestly, uh, I'm honestly kind of surprised how much I like this because I just, I well. I mean, I don't know why I doubt it, because I've tasted many a good canned wine before, but I'm like, you can hear me, I just keep, because I pour out tiny taste first, and I'm like, oh, actually, I think I want more of that. Wow. You guys, this is super fun. Tempt. Am I tempting you? Is this wine tempting you? Is it tempting me to join a key party? No. Is it join, tempting me to join a wine society? I'm already part of the wine society, but this is a different one, so... Wine Society Tempt, your uh, premium red blend is yummy. Um, I'm into it. So now that I've done that, now I want to see what like their tasting notes are because I was I'm curious to see how they how they stack up against mine. Let's see what they have to say. Mm. Tasting notes. <laughs> oh, and above it says, "Don't resist the temptation." Smooth, dark fruit plus a touch of oak. Dark and elusive, this bold blend holds aromatics of dark cherry, plum, and spice. Those are like the first three things I said, I think. Uh, they have they have a really good taste of writing these notes. Guys, if you want to hire me to write your future tasting notes, I'm pretty good at it. Um, this wine is full of rich, powerful, yet approachable, and persuades senses with a smooth and balanced finish. I've got 94 points, um, plus a platinum medal, highest rating spirit in a can at the International Wine and Spirits Competition 2019. First canned wine in Challenge Series history to take a spot in the top tier. Ah, super cool. Like, that's, I'm into it. Um, I almost now, because I have like the two other cans, I'm like, I'm going to crack open the other cans and taste those two. 
but I'll, I'll do that later. Um, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm looking at on this postcard they included. It says, why we love cans. Lower cost, infinitely recyclable, keeps wine fresher, reduced risk of breakage, no cork taint, easier transport, lightweight, lower carbon footprint, easy fit for coolers, cans go over bottles, can't, no corkscrew required. I also now really do kind of want to pour some in the Syrah glass and see if it tastes different. Okay, hang on, guys. Okay, I now have just a sip of this wine poured in my Riedel uh, Syrah glass, and I have still the wine in my Bordeaux glass. So let me just, just revisit this this fruity um, nest coming out of my Bordeaux glass. Very potent. Mm. God, this is Azalto. Like, the, the thinness of, of the stem and the lip of Azalto, I just, ugh. Also, Glazel, getting my heart, but I, I don't have a Bordeaux glass from them. Okay, now, I'm not getting quite as much of a nose, although I feel like I'm getting a little bit more of the like, uh, secondary notes on this, opposed to fruit um, from the Riedel Syrah glass. Let's put it on the palette. Huh. Okay. Hmm. I feel like I get more of the dark fruit out of the Syrah glass, and I get more of the light fruit like it feels a little heavier out of the straw glass. Maybe maybe that's me just projecting because the glass is a little heavier. I don't know. Hmm. I get a little like a bit of chocolate out of that glass too, like a little taste of chocolate. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I get more of the fresh, bright fruit, um, and just like the lighter secondary notes, like the vanilla, and then I get like a little bit of like deeper, um, like the darker fruit and chocolate out of the Syrah glass. It tastes good out of both. I'm like, do I have a preference? Mm. Definitely feels heavier out of the Syrah glass, which maybe is the point, because when people drink Syrah, they want like a big wine. I think I prefer it out of my Zalto, to be honest. Um, but it's uh, it's just really interesting to see. I mean, I think it still tastes like the same wine, although I do see now why like there's for for the Wine Spirit Educational Trust there's a standardized test when you take your classes, uh, standardized not not standardized test, uh, standard glass that they say you use in the classes that they use in the tests. I think that guarantees that people like around the world will be tasting the wine the same way. Well, I tell you what, this uh, wine, society wine, has tempted me to let my wine future follow its fate, its Chardonnay fate, and uh, I will take a chance, a rosé chance, and try more. Apparently they also make a bubbly rosé, which, uh, wine society, if you want to send that to me, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. Just saying. Why limit oneself? <laughs> You've, I have the key to the future. Okay, sorry. I'm getting weird. Uh, too much Syrah. Too early. It's not too early. It's 1130 at night. Um, okay. Let's get back to the game that is a game. Now that we've enjoyed this super duper fun game that's not a game. You guys, I really like this wine. I'm like, what the what? This is delicious. I will not drink the entire can. I have pandemic person to share it with. But 
it would be tempting, like really, if you open this can, you, you, no one needs to be drinking that much wine by themselves. Um, find someone to share it with. <laughs> okay, back to the game. Your who is four major houses that dominate this spirit. Your what is uni blonde. Your win is like two years for the basic level after the the base the youngest base spirit in the blend was made. Um, now for your where, your where, I'm just gonna give you the five subregions of the the region that the, the spirit is named for. You have your and don't be misled here. You have Grand Champagne, Petit Champagne, Borderie. Which, guys, I love bordery. It's a subcategory of this thing I'm trying to drive you to. You also have your finbois, spelled F-I-N-S, space B-O-I-S, your bonbois, and also your bois ordinaire. That was your where. Yay. Okay, shall we move on to a happy cocktail hour? Let's. So this is another, like, Ellen-created cocktail that I'm sharing with you because, you know, like I said, if this cocktail's if this cocktail, if this podcast is not about wine, it's also about me. I mean, segments and tangents and goth stuff and cats and goth cats too. But uh, it's it's about me and my my experiments. And I I'm really proud of this. Is one of my favorite cocktails I've created. Actually, it's not for everyone. If you don't like absinthe, maybe not for you. Or maybe reduce the absinthe to like wave a bottle of absinthe nearby, and you'll get. I don't know. Hold on. Uh, let me go back to why I invented this cocktail. I was collaborating with a sketch comedy group called Autocorrect FU, where they'd like sort of reenact like mess ups from from autocorrects uh, spelling, and so we t- decided to collaborate and like take like what if there was an autocorrect on a cocktail name, and then we make that cocktail and what it would be. So we were looking at the cocktail, the last word, which is it's an equal parts cocktail. Also, equal parts cocktails was a theme I was thinking of for leading my happy hour. If you guys want that, I can probably still pull it off in the future. Anyway, um, it's equal parts gin, chartreuse, lime juice, and maraschino. Not maraschino cherries, but like maraschino, the the spirit, the liqueur. Is it a liqueur? Does it qualify as a liqueur? Luxardo um, maraschino. Hold on. Yeah, give me a second. Let me see what the bottle says. I'm now looking at my bottle of Maraschino Luxardo. Maraschino Original. It doesn't say if it's a spirit or a liqueur, but I'm going to put it in the liqueur category. Although it's not like the sweetest of all of them. Anyway, uh, don't confuse it with Maraschino Cherries. That's a completely different thing. Luxardo Cherries, also completely different, but the spirit has its place. Anyway, that's what's in the last word. So we were like, oh, what if you were t- uh, telling someone you are going to make them a cocktail, and you're like, I'm going to make you the last word, and what you texted them was, I'm going to make you the last sword. Which, I mean, granted, like, so basically then I was like, okay, let's, because autocorrect will swap out one letter for what you really wanted. So I was like, what, what? What cocktail can I invent that's, like, kind of adjacent to this? So I kept the gin, kept the gin the same. As for the chartreuse, it was green chartreuse that I used, so I was like, let's think about another thing that's green and a little unctuous and like perhaps a little bit of an acquired taste. And I was like, let's let's use absinthe, although absinthe is so potent that 
my last sword, the last word uh, version I have, I, I reduced the absinthe to a quarter ounce where everything else was an ounce. Instead of the lime, I used grapefruit, although I'm very picky about what type of grapefruit, like a yellow grapefruit, a white grapefruit, an overly tangy ruby red wouldn't work. You want like the kind of juicy, sweet pink, almost ruby red, but like really just like deep pink grapefruit is the best grapefruit to use in this. Um, instead of maraschino, I used cherry hearing, which is considerably sweeter and denser and thicker. I love cherry hearing, guys. So th to counteract all that, though, I added a couple dashes of grapefruit bitters. You shake it, you double strain it in case there's any pulp in that grapefruit juice, and voila, you have a last sword. It's a cocktail I very much enjoy. If you don't love absinthe, either reduce it or, I don't know, I, give this cocktail a try with chartreuse. Give it a try without. I don't know. I want to hear how you guys feel about it. It's one of my proudest inventions because it's one of my favorite things to drink when I make a cocktail, which is rare. Or if I do, it's usually for somebody else and I just am like, oh, I'm going to have a sip or two. Because, guys, I mostly drink wine, which has like a, a, an alcohol percentage level that's way lower than cocktails. Oof. Anyway, um, that was your happy cocktail hour. The last sword. I think it's a great drink. Uh, try it yourself and let me know what you think. Make a last word and tell me what you think. It's I, it's a cocktail I enjoy, although the weird thing is I don't consider myself that much of a gin person or that much of a chartreuse person. To me, maraschino, the liquor by itself, I don't like it or if it's too prevalent, but somehow all those things put together with lime juice in equal parts, I'm like... I like this drink. This is great. I will drink this tonight. Um, so yeah, make a last word, make a last sword. You do you. Okay, let us have our final clue. So, your who in the who, what, when, where, why wine was four major houses. Your what was uni blanc. Your uh, who, your, I, sorry, when I made the agenda for this uh, podcast, I put things out of order. So I'm like now looking at my sheet. I'm like, oh wait, I gotta go. Sorry. Um, your who for major houses, what uni blog, um, win two years for the basic level after like the youngest spirit was made, where Grand Champagne, Petit Champagne, Bordery, Fenbois, Bonbois, Bois, Ordinaire. And now your why is you want something that starts as a wine and finishes as a spirit. Before I give you the clue, I'm sure, like, I feel like I, I always am like, did I make this way too easy? I don't know. I don't know how much people know how the thing I'm going to tell you about was made. Um, you know, if you feel like it, dudes, really, though, <laughs> if you feel like it would be super duper cool if you go on iTunes and, like, drop me five stars. If you feel up to it, like, just write a quick thing. Be like, hey, I like this podcast. I don't care. Um... If you're going to drop less than five stars, then fuck off. No, don't fuck off. But also just don't drop anything less than five stars. <laughs> um, okay. So as many of you have probably figured out by now, the spirit, which I was looking for, was cognac. I probably, this came to mind because one of the four major houses that dominates it, like I had a blind taste, not a blind tasting. I had a Zoom tasting from Remy Martin recently. And I was like, oh my God, cognac. 
is so good. Like, I know I love cognac in cocktails. Like, I love a sidecar. I love using it for Sazerac. But I was like, oh, like the XO. So I, well, okay. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Let's go through the clues. I said four major houses dominate the spirit. Those four houses are Remy Martin, Hennessy, Martel, and Cuvassier. If I'd given you those names, you would have been like, cognac, that's what she wants. So that's why I held off on that. Um, and then I was like, your what is Uni Blanc? There are also five other varieties allowed, but Uni Blanc like, uh, has to make up the majority. So also you have Colombard, Full Blanc, uh, Blanche, Simeon, Montille, M-O-N-T-I-L-S, and Folignon. Um, and I'm not sure if in the book it says 10% uh, maximum after that. I'm not sure if that's just for Foulignon or for the others. I think it's just for Foulignon. Um, then the aging requirements. So for the VS, uh, that would be the youngest, because they blend a bunch of these different spirits. Um, the youngest spirit for a VS has to be two years. For a VSOP, it has to be four years. For an XO, it's 10 years. Um that's your win. Your where, as I said, I gave you a bunch of uh, subregions. So interesting thing, there is a type of cognac called a thin champagne, and that means it comes from both or one or the other of grand champagne or petite champagne, which are just like subregions of the cognac area. Because cognac is like, I mean, yes, it's a spirit, but it means it comes from the cognac region, basically. Uh, which has subregions like Grand Champagne and Petit Champagne. I know wine is confusing. Why do they do that to us? Uh, I personally, of all the cognacs I've ever tasted, besides like, oh, XO, jeez, the the Remy Martin XO we had this tasting was just exquisite, and I wanted to drink it all day with cheese. Um, anyway, Borderie to me is spelled B O R D E R I E S. It was different than any cognac I'd ever tried. It does, it's like floral and like pepper. It's unique and I need to get a bottle of Bordery at some point because like never have I really wanted to drink that much cognac by itself. But Bordery, I was like, this is fascinating and interesting. I mean, there's a lot of fascinating, interesting cognac. I just usually think of it as something that I want to put in a cocktail like a Sazerac. The original one was cognac or a sidecar. Guys, a good sidecar is like a beauty or a view curé. Love a view curé. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's your where. Oh, wait. And then the why you want wine, but something that's like, mm, you know. So, I mean, the interesting thing is I think people don't realize that cognac starts as they make a wine. And a wine really is just basically fermented fruit is, I think think technically like to be a wine it's fermented fruit basically um so it starts as wine and then they put it through a it has to be distilled twice what is distilling okay let me get a little scientific um so water evaporates at a different temperature than alcohol so when you distill something you heat it up to the point that the alcohol, like alcohol has a lower, um, vaporizes at a lower uh, temperature than water. So the alcohol rises and the water drops. So basically the alcohol level in the, then you condense what rises and you have like a more alcoholic version of what you had before and the water drops down. 
there's a whole bunch more things uh, to make this even more complicated. There's different types of stills. The still is the thing that like makes that process possible. For cognac, it has to be doubled stilled in a Chantez still. It's a copper pot. It's you guys, spirits are really complicated. I well, I, I wouldn't say I barely passed. I would say I had to study really hard for my test in spirits for, for the diploma. Now the days the diploma is only for wine, so they don't have to memorize this stuff. But um I never know like how in-depth I should go when I tell people about spirits. Anyway, cognac has to be double distilled in a copper pot still. And guys, cognac is great. Like, get into cognac and do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Gosh, tempt is very heady. I'm like, I've drinking half a glass. And I'm like, whew, I'm feeling the Syrah. And hopefully pandemic person arrives soon so I can like give some to him because I think he'll like it. Um, anyway, thank you for joining this uh, rambling long. Oh God, I was talking by myself for 45 minutes. Egads! I hope you had fun. I hope you are doing well. If you get this before the 17th at 6 p.m., you can try and join my Zoom happy hour, and then, like, we can see each other's faces, and we can all talk about our guilty pleasures. Uh, weigh in on what your guilty pleasure is. Take care of yourself. Exercise. Eat your vegetables. Meditate. Do all that stuff. I swear to God, it feels cheesy to say it helps, but it helps. It's probably... Ugh, is anything more helpful than wine? Yes, actually. Well... It's all part of a spectrum of things that can help you. Okay, I will try not to be too serious. I hope you had a good time. I hope you can, like, get your hands... Look for Wine Society. I think the... Yeah, winesociety.com. You can find the swine. And uh, go forth and have a good week. I'll see you next time. Cheers. Glass! I just drink wine! I just drink wine! Just drink wine. I don't fuck with coffee, mate. I just drink wine. Give me red, white, or say, Don't touch me, motherfucker. I'm a Somaliite. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.